Good morning, everyone. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be looking uh, at another parable, the rich man and uh, Lazarus. This is part of our uh, ongoing um, Everybody's Welcome walk through the Gospel of Luke. So if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, we're just going to be looking uh, now at Luke 16. So Luke 16 verses 19 through to 31. Luke 16, 19 to 31. Let me read it uh, for you. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor anyone else, cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophet, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would uh, guide us in this uh, passage today, that uh, we will um, have a greater understanding that your spirit would lead us and guide us. We thank you for your word and your spirit. So speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, this is a, another one of the, uh, the parables that Jesus taught that we have been looking at through this series, Everybody's Welcome. And this one's a rather unique one. It's, it's the only passage that describes the feelings of unconverted people after death so it makes it quite unique and it has made it quite controversial and as we talked about uh, last week there, there needs to be some caution when interpreting parables um, the purpose of a parable is to explain a truth now we, we need to understand cultural gaps the difference between um, the, the, the culture and life that we live here in the Western world in the 21st century and the culture of uh, the, original, the original culture back uh, in Jesus' day. We also need to make sure we keep uh, a focus on the main point. And we also need to ensure that um, we recognise that not every detail has meaning. 
So in this particular parable, um, Abraham is mentioned. Now that doesn't mean that um, we're going to sit with Abraham, um, that we're going to have our, our head on his chest, literally, when we're in heaven. Uh, it doesn't mean that the conversations that occur between those in heaven and those in hell are, are tangible. Uh, and uh, this whole image of the great chasm and everything like that, we, 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 we should not take that literally, but we need to understand the main point contained within that. So I've got uh, a number of points that uh, I want to bring to us today. It's uh, six, six points about this particular parable I think could help us reflect and understand this better. And uh, I've, I've gleaned a lot of this from an English theologian, J.C. Ryle, who wrote this many years ago. The first, first point we see in this is a person's worldly condition is no test of his state in the sight of God. Let me say that again. A person's worldly condition is no test of his state in the sight of God. So this parable centres around two men, as we can see. There's one who's very rich and the other one is very poor. Let me read the first few verses again. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, do you notice here, only one of the two men was given a name. Notice that. A rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. It seems the poor had grace, the rich had none. It would appear that the poor man lived by faith and the rich man lived just for himself. So here it, it seems it is clear that we're not valued by God based on income, wealth or status. It, it doesn't mean wealthy people can't be accepted by God. God doesn't see the outward of a person. He sees the heart. So a question we could ask in all of this is, how do we see people? How do we see people? So um, first point, a person's worldly condition is no test of his state in the sight of God. So that's the first one. Second one, death is the common end to which all classes of people must come. Um, it seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? And we, we read this in verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, this is an obvious fact. We're all going to die. That's the great leveller in life, isn't it? No matter where we come from, no matter what we earn, no matter where we live, no matter how influential... The old saying is that there's only two certainties in life, isn't there? Death and taxes. And, well, I think there's even some people who can avoid paying tax, so there's really only one certainty in life, and that is that we're all going to die. And, look, let's face it, we, we do see, maybe it's ourselves, or we see this in other people, that we live 
in the comfort of thinking that we will basically live forever. We talk, we plan, we live without regard to death. We don't like talking about death, and yet it is really one of the most important realities. Death is the common end to which all classes of people must come. That's my second point. Third point is that the souls of believers are specially cared for by God in their hour of death. And we see this very clearly. Have a look uh, at verse 22 again. And uh, we read, the time came when the beggar died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Other versions say that he rested in Abraham's bosom. Now, this doesn't mean that this is exactly like literally what happens when we die. But what we see here is that there is comfort and rest for people who place their faith in Jesus at death. They're not homeless, they're not lacking, and they're not lonely. The Apostle Paul, in fact, says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, that he says, In death I am in Christ, and in him I've found my comfort. And there's, there's great comfort in this truth, is there not? For those who have placed their faith in Jesus. The fourth point I'd like to make is the reality and eternity of hell. Now, this is a blunt truth and Jesus confronts us in this parable it's just a terrifying image of those who are not in Christ now there are numerous passages that convey the seriousness of this reality and you know that I don't preach hell often and I don't preach it often mainly because I believe the motivation of knowing that we are loved by God is a greater motivation than the fear of hell. I think love is a greater motiva- motivator than fear. But then it's still important to be confronted with the truth, the truth of the reality of a complete and eternal separation from God. Paul in uh, the letter to the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, he wrote this in fact he said he will punish those who do not know god and do not obey the gospel of our lord jesus they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the lord and from the glory of his might think about that that's very confronting confronting for those who have not placed their faith in jesus so let's, let's go back to this parable, verse 23 and 24 in Luke 16. And we read that in Hades, where he, this is the rich man, was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called on him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. Now the imagery here is torment by fire seeking uh, to find comfort but achieving none a huge gap between the rich man and the comfort of Abraham in heaven now remember that this parable came from somebody who delighted in mercy Jesus 
delighted in mercy, yet confronted, um, confronted us with this parable. Now, you would hope that this parable would communicate clearly the need to consider our future beyond the grave. You would hope. Which leads us to point number five. Unconverted people find out the value of a soul after death when it is too late. It seems quite apparent in this parable that the rich man didn't consider his future beyond the grave. He just lived for the moment. He lived for the life that he had on earth. And there was a dramatic realisation when he passed away. And so many I've talked to don't, and I'm sure this happens for you as well, don't want to explore what happens after death. I was talking to someone just in this last week who confessed to me that he has such a, an anxiety about going to funerals that he would actually medicate himself um, so that he could uh, endure, survive going to a funeral, um, numb, numbing his, his mind basically because he didn't want to be confronted with the stark reality of what a funeral represents. So I, I find this in, incredibly... Um, sad and disappointing that somebody would not be willing to consider um, what death means and our response to that. Now this is a very intelligent person and I just think how many other people are like that who would use every excuse not to think about death, not to think about the reality of all of that and so when it comes to things like funerals and uh, people who are on their deathbed and the the, the concept of death uh, many people want to run a million miles from it all most of us want to just want to make the most of this life and worry about the afterlife when it comes and it's remarkable you know that people make careful plans in life but not plans after life look at this parable verse 25 and 26 abraham replied son remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while lazarus received bad things but now he is comforted here and you are in agony and besides all of this between us and you a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you can't cannot nor can anyone cross over from there to us there's an old saying, hell, hell is nothing more than truth known too late. So what does that say to you? And for most of us here this morning, you've placed your faith in Christ and uh, you have the comfort of knowing that you have made plans and that you have the assurance of knowing that you will be comforted in Christ after death but there are many others who haven't considered that point number six our last point the greatest miracles would have no effect on people's hearts if they will not believe god's word have a look at the rich man's plea in verse 27 and 28 
He answered, that's the rich man. He says, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. What he's basically saying is, surely if someone came from the afterlife and warned others, that would make all the difference. God, if, if you would only do a miracle, I will believe. Now, how does that work out think think about all of the miracles all of the miraculous things that god has done think of the israelites delivered from egypt witnessed the red sea divided they were fed on manna they saw a cloud by day and fire by night how did that work out for the israelites every day a miracle from god yet they complained and sinned and rebelled what about during the time of Jesus? How many miracles did Jesus uh, conduct? People who were tangibly um, affected by miracles? How did most people respond? And as a matter of fact, if this rich man sort of says, if only someone came back from the dead, that would make all the difference. Let's think about it. Someone did come back from the dead. What else do we need? Verse 29 to 31. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead this this principle is so is so important uh, what we're really reading here is talking about the Moses and the prophets essentially he's saying the scriptures and he's saying they really contain all we need people don't need more evidence what people need is the faith and the courage to surrender to what they already know and have already received waiting for what we don't have or neglect of what we have is ruining us God has provided all we need to be able to make a step of faith in Jesus doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor we're all the same before God we're all sinners who need a saviour this parable tells us that there is a reality about the afterlife this parable tells us that there is a warning to not wait until it's too late. It's encouragement for us while we still have time to make a response to God's word. I just want to pause for a moment and pray that God would speak this morning. That for us who are in Christ that we would be comforted by the fact that we have a future in him, that we look forward to an eternal comfort in Christ. So Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for that comfort. We thank you for that assurance. We thank you that you have given us all we need, your spirit and your word. 
Teach us, lead us, guide us, give us the assurance and the comfort, but also the compassion and the urgency to let others know of the need for us to make our life right before it's too late. And for those here this morning who haven't considered this, whose main focus in life is to enjoy the earthly things and not to consider what happens in the afterlife. I pray, Heavenly Father, that through the words of this parable, the words of Jesus, you would encourage those who are listening to this message to respond. Respond in surrender. Respond to Jesus Christ. I place my faith in you and you alone. And I pray this in Jesus' name.